Greetings, true believers, and welcome to the Pull List Podcast. Your, I actually don't know how often <laughs> this podcast airs right now, but we're working on it. You see, the latter half of 2020 has been all panic and no disco, but we're working on it. I'm your host, Hector Mirai, and Chris Poirier is not with us today because he is, again, at the panic without the disco, but he's going through a lot of big stuff with some church planting things and a huge gaming ministry started. So we're excited for all that he's doing and we're looking forward to him being back with us after the new year begins. So I hope you can deal with your uh, festive jolly fat man bringing you some information on comics and just saying goodbye 2020 and looking forward to 2021 as we jump in this together. So, I'm going to go over some things, some news, some comics, some of your thoughts, and all of this and more on this final pull list of 2020. Now, (laughs) there's been a lot of news since the beginning of October. The last time we assembled to do pull listy things was LTN Con Online, and that was a wonderful experience. But that was the first week of October, and... The world has moved a lot, especially in the realm of comic book news. And so I can't cover it like all. It's just that's four podcasts. Here's a couple things I want to just mention. And I think we've said this like 43 times this year. DC Comics has imploded on itself once again. People have been fired. People are being shifted around. People are being laid off. The future is uncertain and things look sketchy and scary. But they still have Batman. So there's that. I'm not saying this is the time to invest stock in good old detective comics, but uh, you might want to enjoy your books while you can. Some other things. WandaVision has been postponed. Uh, We're going to get that later than initially anticipated. You know, they've put some new dates and stuff on Black Widow, but I'm also not putting my money on that. But one thing I will say is that Wonder Woman 1984 has been slated to drop in theaters and on HBO Max on December 25th, Christmas Day. And if you saw the announcement for it, they were throwing some shade on Disney Plus by saying it won't cost you extra if you already have our service. So take that, Mickey. I'm excited to actually finally see Wonder Woman. So that's going to be a dope experience. The fact that I can watch it in my jammies while sipping my uh, coffee that morning without actually having to get out of bed. Well, I'll have to get out of bed because I don't have a TV in my bedroom, but you don't need to know that. But my kids are going to be pumped to actually get to watch Wonder Woman. And if I have the ability whatsoever to actually make it to a theater to watch this in theaters, I will do so. Deadpool is going to move forward with a third installment with Disney pushing forward. So I thought those were some cool little plugs and bits of information as I can't possibly cram in six and seven weeks worth of comic book news. I want to just hit up to close out 2020 to share some of my favorite comic books with you for this year. And, you know, I've got strong opinions. Before I do that, I actually want to jump in and share some of y'all's opinions, thoughts, and feelings on what were the top 10 best comic books, and that's individual stories or whole arcs for the year 2020 gonna jump right in with uh 
Michael Don Brown II, and he says in no real order, once and future, and this is one that you heard Chris talk a lot about at its initial inception, and I've heard really great things, and I'm personally waiting for the full collective works of it, but uh, I've heard lots of great things for once and future, and could see it easily being on some folks' top ten lists without real question. He also added that Darth Vader, the current run, has been almost as good or as good as the original run. And I actually, myself, am just getting started in the Star Wars comics on that level. And so looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a fun experience. Uh, Michael also said Marauders has been his favorite X-Men run. And again, that's mine as well. And I'm going to hit that a little bit further. He also really enjoyed John Constantine. Hellblazer. Michael says that Firefly has been a good addition to the expanded universe. And Michael is entitled to his opinion. And I'm happy that we live in a world where there's more Firefly. Michael also drops that Daredevil has been fantastic all around. And I agree completely with that. And um, that Spider-Man's current run with the Sin Eater uh, has been a very good book. I agree. He, Michael jumps in to say as well that Batman 3 Jokers was a great look at how the Joker has evolved over the years. He also mentions the Negan one-shot Negan Lives, which, by the way, I think that was a really super cool thing for Kirkman to drop a single-story Negan issue to basically give comic book shops money. I also really didn't love the fact that I saw comic book shops completely abusing it to the point where they didn't even let some people get their hands on it to actually mark it up. But whatever. And he also mentioned finger guns. And I want to read finger guns. The shop that's closest to me has not been carrying it. And honestly, I've spent so much money doing other nerdy things in comics lately that uh, I, I can't add another book. So I haven't done that. But that's Michael's uh, top 10 list. Going to jump over to Adam Elliott, who says that, uh, you know, there's some that are out there that are going, but we haven't quite got the payoff yet. Um, uh, Join the Future with Aftershock um, is one that he says that, uh, but he, he thinks it was a good start, but he doesn't think we'll see the, the actual second arc. Um, the Resistance from AWA. He says what he actually wants during a pandemic. I, I, I'm with you. The Last God from DC, you know, it's been a good ride and with its dark lessons. And that's one of those that I'm actually waiting for the end as well. Curse of the White Knight at, that finished up in 2020. And I think Curse of the White Knight was a really good follow up to Batman White Knight. Then he says that uh, his favorite Marvel issues were the first six issues of Hickman's X-Men and New Mutants runs. Adam also uh, goes on to say that X of Swords isn't a bad crossover. You know, honestly, if you're down for a fully immersive crossover, X of Swords probably is right up your alley. If you are frightened of bajillion issue crossovers to the level of the 90s Spider-Man clone saga, uh, X of Swords looks like it's swinging for the fences with this. And, um... I was really happy with the X-Men books I was reading. And then, you know, they all stopped to go play with swords. And I'm just sad because I wanted the stories I was reading. But, you know, whatever. Um, Kevin Schaefer uh, jumps in to say that no particular order. Batman Curse of the White Knight. You know, there's a trend here. (laughs) We're seeing that one pretty frequently. Wind, Department of Truth, uh, Year Zero, 
Blue and Green, The Oracle Code, Sweet Tooth Return. I haven't checked that one out yet, but I've heard really good things. Um, Superman Smashes the Clan, uh, which I hear getting a lot of praise and great critical praise as well. Green Lantern 80th Anniversary Special, Something is Killing the Children. Um, and... I'm, I'm really down with that as well. And then one more of y'all that I want to uh, share your top tens. Um, Todd Turner, who knows all the things, says, uh, and you, you might want to pay attention to his list because it's going to sound real redundant in the near future. Uh, but he says that here his top ten lists are number one, Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Number two, Deceased Unkillables. Number three, Daredevil. Number four, Avengers Age of Khonshu. Number five, Department of Truth, which we've already heard listed. Number six, Thor. Seven, Joker Special by John Carpenter. Real, real good deep cut choice there. Number eight is Seven Secrets. Nine, Shadow Service. And then ten, Batman Curse of the White Knight. And he even throws in an honorable mention of Death Metal. I'm not mad at giving Death Metal an honorable mention. It is a fun little ride of pure insanity. I can honestly, I, I, I've just, I never know what's coming with the death metal things. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. it. It's definitely been bananas. Bananas are high in potassium. So, you know, that's a good thing. What up, nerd? We hope you're enjoying the podcast. But did you know that Love Thy Nerd showcases most of their content? On LTN Radio First? That's right. Check the schedule and listen to most of our shows before they're available here over at LTNOnAir.com. And while you're streaming, you'll also hear the best mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, and even some content made exclusively for our radio listeners. Stream directly from LTNOnAir.com or download the Live 365 app and favorite LTN Radio. And let us become your new daily soundtrack. You'll be glad you did. So I'm going to share with you my personal, uh, and I don't even know that I've got 10. I'm going to give you my top seven. I'm going to give you some honorable mentions. And then I'm going to give you some that I would personally put in my free stuff pile. Meaning the ones that aren't just mediocre but the ones like i don't ever want to touch this again and i don't care if i make money on them so i'm going to give them away (laughs) so that's what's coming up i'm going to jump right in my honorable mentions so honorable mention number one batgirl i did not read all of batgirl in 2020 you know there was no real reason i didn't it just wasn't jumping out at me one of the first issues of joker war was an issue where the joker pulled a home invasion on Barbara Gordon. And it was very, very much a sequel to The Killing Joke. And it was terrifying and it was wonderful. And for that single issue alone, it would get an honorable mention. But from that issue on, as it finished up and wrapped out, I think just that little chunk of, you know, five issues was a really well done piece of uh, storytelling. So Batgirl gets an honorable mention. And honestly, if I read more of the arcs, I'd probably put her higher on my list. But that's my honorable mention. Another one, um, Marauders and X-Force um, were my two favorite X-Books as I've seen these things going so far. Marauders broke my heart because 
I loved what they were doing with Kitty Pride, and then to kill her off, and then to bring her back ish, and all the things. But there was like, I felt like it was 12 years between killing Kitty Pride off and bringing her back. And it was only like, well, it was a long time, but it wasn't a year. But that that's one of those things. I I felt like it, they deflated themselves with that. And I feel like X-Force has been all over the place. Um, and I feel like I just need a little more consistency to be like, this is a super dope book. But I'm going to give it an honorable mention. On a solo shot, the Dark Multiverse Hush. I love me some Hush. Hush is one of my favorite villains. And to tell a story where uh, Thomas Elliot is the protagonist of Gotham. And, you know, you still have got Jason and Tim and all, all the other wonderful things that exist. I, it, was, it was a fun story arc. And I would read... I would read books that took place in that dark multiverse. So I think that was good. And also I'm going to give an honorable mention to uh, Red Hood. Um, I am a Red Hood fanboy. So I, you know, am containing myself not to just, you know, give it all the praise. But uh, I feel like it ended well. And I felt like it ended with some serious strength and encouragement and, uh, I was really happy with uh, just the love and care they gave Jason Todd in the last few years. Um, so those are my honorable mentions. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and jump into my favorite books of 2020. And just to say that they have been a good ride. And for them to be on this list, I have to feel like they actually delivered well so uh i'm gonna go ahead and say my favorite book of 2020 is wonder woman dead earth um i picked it up simply because the dude at one of my local comic book shops uh didn't get any of his new books in and didn't bother to you know post or tell the world about that so i rolled in wanting to support my local comic book shops and this dude is like 40 minutes away from my house is the closest shop so i didn't want to drive there and not actually buy anything so i just picked up all four issues of wonder woman dead earth and it was freaking amazing um, it's dark, it's gritty, it's beautiful. Um, Wonder Woman in the middle of a post-apocalyptic uh, scenario, last superhero living, just going through these emotional and spiritual traumas. And plus, there's a moment where you get her running the lasso of truth through Superman's spinal column and whipping it around like a indestructible chain whip, like something out of Dark Souls. Um, it was amazing. So, uh, it's only four issues. Uh, I will gladly buy a hardback of that and keep it in my car just so I can talk to people about it. Um, but Wonder Woman Dead Earth is absolutely the best all-around com com comprehensive story that I picked up in 2020. Uh, on a similar note, Daredevil is going to be my next on that list. Uh, it's probably like my number two for the year. Daredevil just stays consistent across the board. 
Um, he stays consistent as personally, I think the story that Marvel has curated the best. Um, Chris had mentioned before Zadarsky even took over that he had a lot of faith in Zadarsky and I fully see why this dude has handled this property with poise and excellence and channeled the voice of this character like few other people have handled a character with such consistency. So I am fully convinced anything that Chip Zdarsky does with Matt Murdock attached to it will be handled supremely well. This story arc has given us confrontations with Spider-Man. The story arc has given us Kingpin and Daredevil beating down a whole rogues gallery outside of a church in the middle of Hell's Kitchen burning down. It was, I mean, it's beautiful stuff. There's Matt coming back to terms with being Daredevil. Uh, You've got Matt having an extramarital affair with a married woman and dealing with the guilt of it. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of good things. And I, I really feel like uh, daredevil has just stayed so consistent that it would have to do some serious tanking for me to even second guess it. And one of the things that I like most about this is that, with the current arc of Matt before the Supreme Court, or not, or not before the Supreme Court, sorry, Matt before the court system of turning himself in for the involuntary manslaughter of a criminal, we're taking it back to the issues where Matt went before the Supreme Court to argue that superheroes could keep their secret identities and still testify. So we are playing the long haul big storytelling facet of getting this story to stuff that a story that predates the pot, like the pull list. Um, we, uh, Chris and I talked about this before the pull list was even like in its inception. Uh, and it was actually that story with the Supreme court was when Chris actually convinced me to start reading daredevil. And honestly, it's, I haven't, I don't think I've missed an issue since then because it's been that good. So uh, I highly recommend if you are remotely a fan, you can pick up anywhere with Chip Zdarsky and keep going. But the 2020 run has been that consistent. Okay, I lied. Uh, Daredevil was not my second favorite book. It's my third. Um, But just to space the DC and Marvel, Deceased is my second favorite. Um Deceased, the first book, I feel like so far has been the weakest of the storyline, but it wasn't weak at all, so that's saying a lot. Uh, But Deceased Unkillables and Deceased Dead Planet have been phenomenal. Deceased Unkillables giving us a story that actually focused on Jason Todd and a rogue band of villains and gave us Cassandra Kane and Mary Marvel and Jim Gordon and just, you know, when all the other A-listers were gone, we got a B-list story that I thought was phenomenal. So Deceased Unkillables, mwah. Um, rolling into Dead Planet at the idea of trying to find a cure and the heroes returning. Uh it's been great. It's been gritty. Uh, and Constantine 
just pulled some shenanigans in one of the recent issues that I'll leave out because this actually would be spoilers. And but they these books, man, have been such consistent, great storytelling. And I love the fact that I can be surprised that I can be caught off guard, that I can feel like a 12-year-old kid reading DC Stunkillables or DC's Dead Planet because I don't see it coming. And with, and if if a story's not predictable, you, you've, you've earned my money. And so DC's Dead Planet, yeah, it's it's been great. So uh, if you're moderately like the you know DC catalog and zombies, I'm telling you, you know, you need, you need to pick this stuff up. Um, and one of the things that I love about it, the fact is they took Batman out of play way back in the first series. Um, and so we get a new generation, you know, this isn't a spoiler, but you get Damian Wayne as Batman. Um, and it's wonderful and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but like, if you're a Constantine fan, you get some of the best Constantine in this. Uh, Mr. Miracle also gets some of the best love since Tom King's run with him as well. So that's that. Um, as like about everybody that I mentioned earlier, you mentioned Curse of the White Knight. Curse of the White Knight is a wonderful sequel to the Batman White Knight storyline. Uh, getting uh, Azrael in a Rambo vibe was brilliant and wonderful. And I really dug that. I really dug all that that brought to it. Um, the, they did not shy away from making this story something that actually like, you know, carried its weight. One of the things that I dislike so much is when a story takes place and nothing changes. If you can read a story and nothing in the future of your reading is changed because the events of that story, I feel like you've wasted your time. And uh, which is why some stuff is going to be on my free stuff pile later. Um, but I really feel like White Knight was a great story. And personally, the Harley's relationship with Bruce in that uh, was one of my favorite things. And between Harleen and White Knight, they have made Harley Quinn more of a character of substance than I think she was ever imaginable of being. And um, I really, really like what they did with her in Harleen, which I know that's last year. But uh, man, what they did with her in Curse of the White Knight was really, really good as well. Um, for one that's, you know, we're only a few issues deep into it, so I'm just going to say it on here with some grace, but, uh, Big Girls. Big Girls has been a fun book. Um, good conspiracy, sci-fi, um, action, just psychotic mad scientist adventure, um, of... <laughs> Like, all the boys turn into monsters, and the girls grow big, and they fight. You know, it's some, like, kaiju stuff, but handled in a way that actually has some emotional teeth to it. So, I have thoroughly enjoyed what I have seen 
from Big Girls. I know that there's a lot more story at play, but Big Girls, from everything I've seen, is going to pay out to be um, worth your time. Then uh, next down on the list for me is the Darth Vader runs. Um, the you know seven issues that have dropped so far in this current run are great. Um, and I think that it is a fantastic thing to get storylines this good with these characters. And, uh, if you've listened to this show, you've heard that Chris has beat this like a dead horse. Um, but I am finally going back. This current run of Darth Vader has actually made me go back and start over and actually try to acquire and read all of the Vader books and probably Dr. Aphra. Um, and I know it's, you know, an older book, but, uh, in the original Vader run from Gillen, um, Dr. Aphra has this line where she says that, uh, I'm happy that my blood will be in the margins of a story we're telling something to that effect. And I was like, that's freaking profound. And, uh, just her vibe with Vader gives me a remnant of Ahsoka and I like it. I enjoy it a lot. So if, if you like star Wars, I highly recommend, um, that you pick up the Vader runs, um, go back and pick up the Gillen run, pick up the pack run and, uh, then jump into where we are. Wait, uh, with, sorry, pick up the soul run, then the pack run. Um, that, yeah, I just, I highly recommend the Vader books. They're, they're impressive. And like, I feel like the comics with Vader are doing for Vader what Clone Wars did for Anakin. So, uh, if you want to appreciate the character more and the depth of everything with that, I highly recommend it. Um, and then my last book, just to throw out there, is the Amazing Spider-Man run, uh, for... Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, specifically starting with like, uh, sins rising and the stuff with sin eater. Now I, I've had a great run with it. I've enjoyed the stuff and it's one, again, those that it keeps me guessing and, uh, I've had a blast with it. I think it's some of the best Spider-Man storytelling in a minute. I know for a while there, we got like neck deep and carnage and venom stuff. And, you know, I think we beat those horses to way beyond death. Um, but this is a fresh storytelling. And for me, it has a very nineties feel in a very positive way. Um, so if you're a Spider-Man fan personally, I think that has been one of the best things. So as I'm wrapping up for 2020, just want to say that, uh, yeah, I mean, no shade to these, but like these are ones that after purchasing them, I kind of just wish I'd skipped. So this is my free stuff pile. First off, Mercy. Um, we said this from issue one, and I think we repeated it every issue we got. It's just like we didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And when it finally went somewhere, um, I don't know that I cared. And it's the story of a parasitic uh, Victorian noir goth uh, lady with an alien parasite that takes in an orphan who thinks she's an angel. Um, It honestly feels like something that would make better TV than a comic. Um, 
like some showtime answer to uh you know Bly Manor or uh Hill House but you know straight up I felt like I wasted my money with Mercy and I know there's a sequel coming as well and you know I might sit in a library and read the sequel but I'm done on the financial end with that one um on just on the note of the three jokers like it's it's I'm not gonna say it's in my free stuff pile but I feel it's that thing of I don't feel like we gained anything I thought it was a cool introspective into the Joker's personality, but, um, like it felt like there's all these other stories happening in the DC universe right now that actually have weight. And, you know, what we're dealing with with Jason Todd in the storyline of his own book and the three Jokers to me kind of felt like, some grownups were having a conversation talking about the rest of the DC universe and someone said, Hey, Hey, well, this would be cool. And like interrupted the conversation. And then they, you know, pitched their idea and the grownups just kind of look at each other and go back to having the conversation they were having. Like three jokers was like someone piped in threw out a nifty idea. And then it went away. It was well done. Artwork was beautiful. Storytelling was fun. Uh, but uh, I I just felt like it didn't accomplish anything. It didn't move anything forward. And so the hype of it and the potential, it, that's the thing. If you, Jason's my boy. And if you, you know, <laughs> you got to treat my boy better. Um, I don't mind him getting beaten to death or anything like that. I just, you know, ride him well. Uh, for me, I really feel like... Uh, all of the X of Swords books are probably great together. But I'm not buying all of the X of Swords books. Um, I was only buying X-Force and Marauders to begin with, you know, after we got early into the X-Men run. Once they started doing that giant size thing where there are all these giant size books, like, I think I was officially done after that. And um, I think after Giant Size Nightcrawler, I was done. Um, buying X-Men. And so I've just been reading Marauders and X-Force and picking up X-Force and Marauders with the X of Swords tie-ins without all the other books is just confusing and not worth my time or effort with that. So I'm going to put X of Swords in there just because I am not willing to commit to the full crossover. And I think you really, really have to do that. So if, if you want that deep apocalyptic um, crossover, this is your jam. But if it's not what you're looking for, um, you need to probably sit out on the X-Men for a minute. Um, And then I'm going to throw a basket full of heads. Joe Hill's book. um, I just think I expected more. And it, it felt like a quick dip into uh, a Tales from the Crypt episode, but not something that deserved my patience and my dollars. Um, and then for me personally, I feel like uh, Pack is not handling Star Wars. Not sorry, not Star Wars. Backtrack. Firefly to the ability that he should be. Um, and 
I wanted more from the Firefly book series. I had so, so high hopes seeing where Firefly was going and what it was going to be doing. And, um, you know, to, to be at the point in life where I would willingly walk away from Firefly Entertainment um, is discouraging. But that's where I was. So um, I, I'm going to put that on my stuff. Like, because I stopped, like, uh, reading it once we got into the whole war thing of, you know, starting the war over again. I was just like, I can't. I can't do it. Um, I know a lot of people are enjoying it, even as, you know, we previously said, because my opinion's not the only opinion. Um, but, uh, and Chris isn't here to argue with me or tell me that my opinion's bad. But so what I want to do tell you is that uh, read more comics, because legitimately, um, appreciate them while you have them. I feel like we're at like a turning point for the industry and a turning point for the culture. And uh, I canceled my DC Universe subscription. So what's that tell you? Um, I was beating that drum before day one. And I canceled my DC Universe subscription. So I think that should tell you that uh, the end is nigh. And we need to appreciate what we've got while we've got it. Um, But uh, that's going to wrap us up for this end of the year best of 2020 edition of the pull list podcast and we are looking forward to uh refreshing and rebranding and you know all the rewords heading into 2021 and we look forward to joining back with you as january hits uh we're taking the month of december off uh to recoup and enjoy our families and holidays and starting groundbreaking gaming ministries in the middle of georgia i'm not doing that one um but uh, we're taking the month of December off. But again, we still love to talk to you in the Love Thy Nerd community. And I'd still like to really love to hear your top 10 uh, picks for comic books for this year as well. Uh, but as we often say, we don't do this alone. Uh, with the pull list being just one podcast, there are lots of other podcasts out there as part of our network as well. And you should check that out. And also all the awesome things happening on LTN radio. I meant there it's dude, the LTN radio happened since the last time we did this podcast. So literally, um, the world is different. Um, so make sure you check out all that LTN radio has to offer as far as shows and podcasts as well. And, Thank you for taking, you know, these 35, 40 minutes just to hang out with me and hear my opinions and my ramblings. And I look forward to actually being in your ear holes in the near future. And as we say, read more comics. I'm going to take all seven continents of the game of risk.